Ramblings of Ordinary Men. Episode 2. The X. Welcome to The Room. I'm Jonah Lazar, and today we have with us a very special guest. I'm Nigel. Thornberry. Armstrong. And Nigel. Uh, I, I, I occasionally come on the podcast because I travel a lot, and uh, yeah, I was out sick last week. So is your middle name Thornberry? Because he said Thornberry right before you said Armstrong. I'm going to go with yes, even <laughs> though that's the wrong answer. Okay. It's always the right answer. Yeah. Got a big nose, and he's very Australian. Mm-hmm. You can hear it in yeah. my voice. I, I can tell it, yeah. <laughs> His daughter's you name can Eliza, and some other name for another person. That blonde chick. Yeah, with the ripped jeans. Yeah, and the, the hair that goes over one eye. Yeah, <laughs> whatever her name was. Yeah. Skrillex. So, Nigel, <laughs> tell us about all the animals you uh, take care of every day. Uh, I'm not an animal. Thank you. I think you misheard him there. He asked you what animals you take care of. I, I take care of myself, and I'm not an animal. Thank you. All humans are animals, really. He's got a point. Except me. We're... I'm actually a robot. Beep, boop, beep, All right. Boop. I, I actually, I would believe that. Uh, we also have Cortland Lizer. Hello, everyone. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah. Jake Taron. Hey, guys. And David Kroll. At D. Kroll, you can find me on Twitter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking chill. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, so, Cortland, uh, this past week, you've gotten very into The Witness. What can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a video game, puzzle game. So, it's, it's a lot of, like, puzzle-based problems. Uh, it's all on, like, one simple kind of grid layout, and you use the cursor to, like, solve these different puzzles and throughout the game it just evolves and becomes way crazier and goes a lot of interesting places hmm. so you would recommend that yeah it's it's probably one of my favorite puzzle games like if there was a game that i could forget and play again that that's number one on my list right now would you consider it mind-blowing uh there's definitely a couple parts in there that just that that will blow your mind yeah so uh, how, how big of a time commitment are people going to be sinking into this if they do decide to take your advice and go for it? Uh, I want to say most people can complete like the basic game in like 8 to 10 hours. But if you're going for all of it, it's probably closer to 30-ish. Like if you wanted to 100% it. Okay. So uh, is there anything people should, any sort of prerequisites? Or should they go in completely blind? Uh, about as blind as you can get. Like I would look up a video and see like, look at like the first couple minutes and you'll know what the game is then like it goes a lot of places but if you're not interested in solving puzzles it is not your game because it is puzzles i have played uh, a significant portion of it and i must say i was overwhelmed by puzzles i was not expecting it to be as puzzly as you made it out to sound and i i was i was mistaken there are it is all puzzles yeah i think i think there's about 500 puzzles in the game uh plus or minus plus or minus for a game that's all about puzzles that seems a little bit on the low side they they take some time they're they're time consuming puzzles multi-layered puzzles yeah. environment so stuff puzzles unlock. that unlock other puzzles that's 
Yeah. yeah. Un- unfortunately, uh, you know, that is one of their big advertisement points. Their marketing points is the 500 puzzle count. And I think they do take into account, uh, ad- into that count, uh, they they include some of the simpler ones. For example, like opening a door might just be a simple left to right swipe yeah. puzzle. Um, and that's unfortunate, but there are seriously way, way too many puzzles. Um, Jake, you, uh, how's your biking going? Uh, it's actually been going pretty good. Thanks for asking. I know you guys are giving me a lot of flack, uh, thinking that I was just going to spend all this money on a bike and then never ride it. But I did 31 miles the other day with a, a buddy of mine and, uh, my butt's very sore, but you know, my legs feel pretty okay. Uh, I'm a little sore today, but it's not that bad and it's pretty good. Uh, but on another note, another thing for you guys to make fun of me for is another stupid hobby that I've decided to get into. This one's called VXing. Okay. So uh, there's a whole community of these guys, and they're called VX Junkers. Or, sorry, VX Junkies. And they really, uh, what they want to do is just take this old technology, which I'll tell you about in a bit, and push it to its limits. So uh, before I get too far into this, there's a bit of background you guys need to know. Uh, the VX module which is named after the original manufacturing company, Volt Ocula, is the primary locus of the VX system. The VX system describes just a series of these VX machines and modules and their computational arrays that have been developed over the past 75 years. Uh, I've got a YouTube video on it now that isn't actually on it, but it is kind of in the similar mindset and the similar vein. Uh, if you like this stuff, you'll like that. So we're going to go ahead and watch it now. Why don't you guys do the same? Okay, so like I said, actually, the, the retro encapsulator has nothing to do with VXing at all. It's just the same si- type of science and the same type of, you know, in-depthness. So if, if you like going crazy far in-depth into stuff that you didn't even care about 10 minutes ago, you know, then that's for the thing for you and this is also the thing for you. So again, these VX junkies, uh, they're just, you know, enthusiasts and hobbyists who are simply trying to push the limits of what this aging tech, you know, this up to 75 year old tech is capable of doing in order to systematically draw correlations between the various active points in a statistically unbalanced chemical markup in order to, of course, reduce the relativity in its final form. Of course. Right. Uh, Which is, you know, we've all learned. Anybody from high school physics has learned that. That made 100% of sense. Right. Okay, well, apparently not anybody with high school-level physics. Um, Got him. <laughs> yeah. I think I stopped physics in eighth grade. The, but you're in college now. Yeah. Did you not take physics in high school in Israel? Egypt. Mm, no, and it was Egypt. Spain. And Iran? They ruled me out for high school-level physics. Why not? Wait, now Why? you're into running? I thought you weren't into running anymore. What? He said I ran. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> that one's that joke's staying in. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, just just because I know some of you guys here in front of me, not really the listeners, but uh, some of the guys here at the table are going to be pretty excited about this. I, I've prepared a bit of a getting started list together for you guys. Um, this isn't inclusive by any means, but these are like the core mantras that you're going to have to follow. Obviously, first, you're going to have to gather the required modules. Uh, Like I said, a VX system is a bunch of VX modules, which are discrete uh, Volticula company or Volticula products. Uh, You can find them. There's a lot of other companies that are making them now. You can find them probably not on Craigslist. You'd have to to go on eBay or maybe not even Amazon, but you'd have to get them online for the most part. 
Uh, they're not rare, but the people that do this hobby aren't super uh, into it. Modules as in widgets? Uh, no, they're physical. Okay. So uh, if you actually click on the Imgur link, that's the uh, Imgur link for the subreddit, uh, VX Junkies, and they've got a lot of cool science in there. So there's some garbage things in here, but uh, if you click on the third one down on the left col column, uh, the, the, nope, on the left, so what you'll see here are actually three modules. There's a base plate, and then the condenser, and then the coils up top. I am 60% certain that that is just a coffee machine. It does look a lot like a coffee machine, doesn't it? Where does the coffee come out of? It, those <laughs> valves and... and uh, oh, this, those aren't just knobs. No, no, no. no. This image oh, will okay. be in the uh, show notes. Yes. So anyway, back to the, the other sheet with my prepared notes. Um, so you're going to want to gather these you know, required modules, obviously, and then you're, the next logical step is you just link them together. It's, it's basically Legos here. It's very simple. Uh, and then the okay. first step... Are we just friction... Like, they're held together by friction? Yeah, I mean, you know, various plugs. Okay. I mean, some sometimes you got, like, a plumbing connection for your, you know, coolants, and you'll have to solder those together, like soldering pipes. But okay. it, it's not much complicated. Can, can you use Gorilla Glue? Would that work? Uh, you can use Gorilla Glue on the outside to help stabilize everything if, if you're not 100% sure that it's the most stable, you know, configuration. Because these are like Legos, you can basically just pile them very lopsided. I mean... Gorilla glue may be expensive. What about duct tape? That you know that one would cheaper. also work. Yeah. Okay. Um. Really, it's important to keep it nice and stable, though. You don't want anything falling over and all your corks leaking out. Sure. Yep. So uh, the next step, uh, it, it seems kind of like a leap, but uh, you need to produce your for your first rotational cork retardant invincibility matrix. So what that basically means is, is a bunch of really simple stuff, but you'll learn it as you acquire your modules and you know you read the included documentation. You'll learn all of this stuff. It's really not as crazy as it seems to be. Is there like a, a good source for documentation or do you just have to like scour the internet for, for this documentation? Uh, a little of both. There is a lot of stuff on vxmodules.wikia.com, but uh, for the most part, some of the stuff you'll find is in just, you know, a random paste bin that's, you know, titled uh, as untitled. Like the title of the paste bin will be untitled and you'll find it just by it popping up for, you know, the search word, the, the VX module name. So, um... Uh, another thing that is really important to say, like I'm including it in the getting started guide, but you'll learn about it before you get to this point, is you'll you'll need to do a T88 alpha phase pass on your first run. Uh, it's actually somewhat dangerous if you forget that. Uh, is the danger, is that why they switched off the T87 alpha pass? Uh, you know, I'm not actually sure about that. It's a possibility, though. I think that's just the band of frequency that the pass oh, is at. Yeah. That makes sense. That does make a lot of sense, actually. Uh, you know, it's a new hobby for me, so I don't have all the answers. But, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to really want to do that on your first pass. If you forget, it's actually a pretty bad fire hazard. So what is what is the range at which people actually do this? Because why is this just a first-run thing? Is Are there different uh, levels that people can, uh, aside from T88? Uh, yeah, you can actually adjust your T-phase. But uh, you want to do a T88 to help cleanse the system. So um, I'm trying to think of a decent analogy. You know when you buy dishes, you wash them before you eat off of them? Okay. It's kind of like that. You just run it through and get everything nice and clean. Uh, and if not, some of the, you know, the solvents or the machine oils or any of the bits going on on the inside are actually you know, kind of flammable. I just realized, actually, that um, it is that your invincibility matrix is quark retardant. So if it does catch on fire, it's going to be hard to put out with normal water. Yep. Good point. 
So I did want to ask, like, when you once you you once you get past like this initial level, what kind of more advanced things can you do with these uh with these VX systems? Right. Okay, that's another good question here. So uh, you know, like like we said, it's quark retardant, but uh, because of the retardation of it, you can actually flip your quarks. Uh, so one of the one things that people, or one of the things that people are doing in order to measure their VX junkie, you know, skill level or whatever you want to call it, is you know counting number of quarks flipped per unit of time. Uh, you can also do real time retromolecular spectrography, uh, which is also pretty cool. And then they also have ones that their whole purpose is just game theory algorithm development. So you just build your modules or combine your modules, and then you just input a list of rules and it'll come up with game theory based on it so uh you could basically give it tic-tac-toe and it'll be like oh turns out you always want to place your first block here so a wide set of practical applications exactly so i mean and you can really go in depth it sounds like i mean starting from your first set of modules you can really dive in this sounds like something i could actually spend a lot of money on yeah it's it's not gonna be cheap uh that's for sure i'm still waiting on my first set of modules in the mail but uh you you really only need a couple of modules to get yourself started you just need a base plate uh, and a refractor, stuff like that. So what about the uh, Vault Zocula? Yeah, who's that? Right, so they're the company uh, that started with the first VX module. Uh, they were formed actually in Helsinki in 1953. Uh, there's a series of experiments testing the limit of their module capabilities, uh, or the, the Vault module, module capabilities, and Zocula came from the codename given to the team of VM, you know, for Vault module uh, scientists, and the programmers who first discovered the deltas. Uh, all of VX is based on deltas. So the higher your delta, the better, the more efficient your build's going to be. Uh, their company merged with Volts. Their company merged with Volts, and their contributions uh, to the VM module were born. Or sorry, to the VX module. So VX is from Xocula and Vault. Ah, from the Vault modules. It's an amalgamation. Interesting yeah, name. The Vault modules and Xocula combining into one. Nice. Did that merger go smoothly? Uh, I don't actually know. It was very long ago, and my interest in this has purely been on the, the tech moving forward and seeing what people can do with this old stuff, kind of like a retro battle stations type vibe going on. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's going to comment and tell us all about that. As for the VX module, which what's like the current uh, build right now? Right, so uh, a lot of the people are taking the older stuff and pushing it to its limits to see like what exactly it was capable of because there's no official documentation and so you know you can take like a, a a vx1 or something and you can push that further than anyone else ever has based on just the sensitivity and the, the rate of your deltas uh but right now the current production model is the vx6 it's the just version 6 so vx module 6 uh and what are the benefits of the vx6 over the previous models uh, it's way out of my price point so i didn't even bother to look i just ordered a set of vx2s and a vx3 base plate what are you planning on doing with them? Uh, well, uh, one of the other things, the, the you know, starting things, uh, is really just random lights and music, kind of funky music that it, it can generate for you. And so I felt like I'd start there, nice and simple, and then I'd start working on the quark stuff, because I'm, you know, I don't really know very much about quantum stuff. So, so you're looking at trying to DJ your own parties with your VX systems? Yeah, with my VX rigs, yeah. And that'll really just prove to people... How much of a VX junkie I really am. <laughs> Once you do get into the quark flipping, you can easily integrate that into your DJ sets. Right. I mean, probably. That, it, it, you know, follows logic. Um, yeah. 
So are you part of like an online community of other people yeah, that the, the build VX these junkies. systems and everything? Yeah, the VX Junkies on Reddit. We've got a Reddit and we've got a bunch of other stuff, um, a bunch of other sub-communities. There's a Slack. There's, you know, an IRC server, but uh, I can't actually get to the IRC server because I don't have my VX system yet. So... Are there ever any, like, meetups or tournaments where you can, like, compete with other VX junkies? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. So there are VX tournaments, and they also often don't really focus on, you know, basic things like how many corks can you flip and how short of a time or anything like that. They do more abstract things, so solving logic problems with photon neutrino manipulation, or sometimes even just making that nifty music and lights from scratch that I mentioned earlier. Those ones are hard to judge, but... They're more like an after-party thing or an after-tournament thing where everybody just gets together and sees what kind of garbage music we can come up with. Uh, but all the recent research into the VX, like with the VX6s, has focused on the implementations, or sorry, the implications of Yalgath's limit and something else which is incredibly hard to pronounce. I've only ever seen it written, uh, but I'm going to give it a shot here. Uh, columbanizationism. That was way wrong. Hold on. Let me try that one again. Columbanialism. Yeah, I failed that one too. Columbanalism. Um, as far as uh, where what you've actually done with this, have you taken it to its limits and actually uh, had any weird results, like broken it in any way? Well, or... uh, mine's not here yet. It's still in the mail, but uh, you know, hopefully, as long as all assuming it was packaged correctly and we're not going to get any you know quadrant leaks, then we should be good to go. So you haven't actually used it? No, yet. I haven't had any luck with anything real yet. Uh, I downloaded one sim. I forget the name of it, but you know, you can just Google VX Simulator. And uh, it, it didn't really work too well for me. Uh, a lot of people say that it's buggy, but more people say that it's not. I guess it's just, you know, a fluke. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, one more thing before we go. Uh, for anybody that's thinking about getting into this, you don't need to know what this means now, but just remember it for when it matters later. But don't forget, always turn your crank spin shaft clockwise by 90 degrees after you hit the 12th vector. Because if you don't, you'll just crack your deseparation valve and, like the other one, a big fire hazard. So, like, Frisbee in Zero-G, I think that would actually be kind of cool. Because then, you know how, like, dogs, they can jump really high to catch Frisbees? What then if you humans, could jump. Yeah. We could jump really high to catch Frisbees. Yeah. Frisbee with power risers. Our teeth could, aren't as strong, though. That would be the problem. I mean, we would use our hands. The oh, dogs, dogs don't have opposable thumbs, but true. we do. So we it makes us better. So, so what would you call ultimate Frisbee on the moon? Moon is B. But you gotta have ultimate in there somewhere, oh, right? Shit. Um Ultimate G Frisbee. Zero G is the ultimate G. It's true. Ultimate G Frisbee. I, I think I think that sounds like a name. That's not for, bad. For a like future, it is a future, name. For a future sport. Yeah. How about that? So like what happens if you just throw it too high and too hard that it escapes the moon's gravity? Is that a thing that can happen? Do you know? I Nigel? think I think that w that would be a home run. What about underwater frisbee? Would the frisbee have jets on it? Because it wouldn't go very far otherwise. Well, yeah, but that's the point. Like you got to be strong enough to be able to throw. You know, because right now ultimate has All right, long yeah. distance throwing, and then the people who are good just throw it across the field and then get a goal immediately. I I think what you'd have to have is it wouldn't be because like a frisbee the 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 effect of the frisbee is that it goes really far. So instead, you basically have like a little bomb. Or like a little torpedo, I mean, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a torpedo oh, yeah. 
with like its motor and it basically just flies underwater. Well, actually, and if you don't catch it, you lose. Well, it detonates. Well, it's not. It kills everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. But uh, I get I what you're saying. So, like, if you don't intercept it, it eventually just hits the other goal. So there was a video that I saw the other day about a guy bungeeing between buildings. Hmm. I think it was in Qatar. But I was thinking, like, if they actually, like, turn that into a thing where people are trying to get, like, from one side to the other and you just had to, like, grab them in midair while you were going to your trampoline thing that's on another building. So when you say bungeeing between buildings, do you mean like Mad Max Thunderdome style bungeeing between buildings or more like ziplining? Nah, I'm talking about, not like ziplining, I'm talking about people like actually being slingshotted between like... Okay, so a human slingshot thing. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And then they go flying through the air and like they can release, they can pull back and release at their own discretion and just do that. Thinking of ridiculous things done with human scale... Why not human-sized foosball? I believe, actually, a television show tried that. It was, that sounds really cool, though. It was a thing. It sounds take like it, a good solution to overpopulation. Take it one step further. What if someone was actually controlling the humans from some high-up place in some way? Well, yeah, I think... Isn't that what they did? Like, they had one person controlling the spin? Well, I don't think they actually controlled the spin. I think it was just a team thing where there was... There was hurt. nobody controlling it, and okay. everybody just kind of ran to the left and ran to the right, and then somebody kicked, and uh, it was just a bunch of people tied to a bar, and then... Fun. Yeah. Like, the the people still had their own control, but they were just, yeah. like, locked in a in a line. To each other. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. If we're, if we're going with, you know, people locked to each other... I think cheerleading would be cool like that. Yeah. So they could build that human pyramid, and then we could have another team build a human pyramid... And then we could make, you know, st- a bridge chicken. upon it. Well, no, we would put a bridge on it, and then we would measure the strength, you know, measure how strong the bridge was, just like your high school Like physics. a toothpick, bridge. yeah. How many trucks could this, drive across before yeah, it collapses? This is what I was talking about. Yeah, no, no one else can see that, but yeah, he, he basically doesn't have a parachute, and he just gets lunged between buildings. That man's sure just that's dead. That's a dead man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, a yeah. lot of good video effects. And he missed. Yeah. So, no I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like a, like a toothpick bridge from your high school classes or high school physics or whatever, or, you know, engineering, uh, except instead of how many, you know, marbles can it hold or how many whatever unit of weight you guys did. For us, it was a, you had to have a hook on the bottom and it held a bucket and it was slowly filled with sand. sand yeah. um, but, you know, it's trucks. Yeah. You know, how many trucks can drive across these two cheerleader pyramids? And whichever pyramid fails first, loses both they're, their lives. Could you knock and down the, the pyramids yourself? Well, no, they're they're hooked together. They're very well strapped together. Then, I like this. I like where we're going with this. Then how do they fall? Oh, uh, they get crushed. The weight of the truck crushes uh, them to death. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, another I solution. That doesn't seem fun, though. Another solution I mean, to overpopulation. I think all of these future sports have in common the fact that they're a solution to overpopulation. If you're stupid enough to bungee between buildings, I mean, Darwin says let you die. It would be interesting. So, like, the skill sets required for this cheerleading thing, um, you, you need both balance and strength. Well, and well strong do strong bones. Yeah. I don't know if you do need balance, though, because... If you're, you're in a pyramid. I mean, you'd be on the bottom of the pyramid. You don't need balance for that. Well, some some of them people be... are going to be in the top of the pyramid. Yeah, but... I guess they all don't need balance, strength, and bones. 
but they all need strength and bones, and some of them need balance. Okay. Also, what if instead of a pyramid, we used another shape? What other shapes do cheerleaders get into? Circles. Hmm. That was a stupid way to phrase that question. <laughs> Individuals cheering on the crowd. Yeah. A line. <laughs> as they stand at the sideline. Well, there's that thing where there's like three people holding one person standing on their hands. Yeah, but... And that person can hold up a plank of a bridge. Yeah, but we won't be able to use uh, trucks. We'd have to have a different unit of measurement. Small trucks. Small like, trucks. Like Japanese-style trucks, the three-wheelers. How about we just throw sandbags at them? <laughs> oh, See, yeah. That, that adds the balance element to it. Perfect. But, but eventually, I think the uh, the sport would get to the point where you get bonus points if you dodge it while doing like a choreography. Basic cheerleading moves. Uh, oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. Synced. Mm-hmm. Dodgeball. I've, I figured it out. It's it's versus cheerleading. There's the team of like competitive cheerers, but they also have a couple other people, and their job is to stop the other team from cheerleading. <laughs> so you have to keep cheerleading, and you get to choose how many people you send over to knock the other team over, and your team has to just keep on going and not get knocked down. And the really like that. yeah, and the more people you send to go ruin their their cheer attempts, the less people you have. Right. So the less advanced moves you can do, because what's one person going to do? Give me an A. Give me a well, other they, couple they of letters. Yeah, like okay. So they got some stuff. But like two people, one person could throw the other man or the other person. Yeah. It sounds really competitive. Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's what makes it good. Yeah, yeah all how, the best sports are super competitive. I would watch this. How would scoring be done? A judges. Team of judges. Like, uh, like, like, like any other up? sport, like certain moves have values and you just compare them that way. I feel like, like each individual performing something gets a certain amount of points so that way it's a trade-off between how many people you want to send to knock out the other team versus how many you want to keep with you to earn points i i think this needs to be like a lot of other sports though like like diving and stuff where it's a completely subjective right like let the judges be completely subjective they're experts in the field let them make the decisions what constitutes an expert for this sport Really, any anyone with eyeballs, right? Like, I, I mean, yeah, they're gonna anybody that could see it and make up opinions or decide upon opinions. I mean, they gotta have some experience. They gotta know what's possible. Retired what's athletes. Retired athletes. Yeah. Um, but what what would be really interesting is what if we add a scoring element to the defensive side? So, like, let's say that you and I have a really good cheer routine, and everyone else on the team is just a toppler. Is are those topplers gonna earn as many points as if we had one person? Do the exact same amount of toppling, because obviously it takes more skill. It's I think that trade-off. It's up to the judges to determine that, right? Like, like why do we need to determine that? Just let the judges do it. That's fair. There's well, also an yeah. element of strategy in that because, like, how you apportion the people on your team to do whatever um, also is a key element in actually planning something like that. I'd like to note I have figured out our judging system. We'll have one retired footballer. He'll know tackling and, and those kind of moves. A retired cheerleader, she'll know all the cheers, and you got a general. He will know all the strategies that were involved in in any sort of toppling or even like troop movements. Will easily define into like cheerleading styles and pyramids and stuff. That's really good. I, I think <laughs> synchronous dodgeball. You know, like synchronized swimming, synchronized dodgeball, like to music. Oh man, that'd be so good that if you can dodge. A, if you can dodge a ball while dancing, you can probably dodge a wrench. So. You're playing against another team, and your team's in sync. 
are they in sync to be hit by the balls? Or you just gotta sync up your ball throws and hope you get them. Hope their sync is out of sync with your sync. Yes. Everything but yeah. the sync. So, in a, you know, on one hand, you want to be as in sync as possible. But if they know your routine, then, bye, bye, bye. then they're just going to know where to throw the balls. The so you got to have a little bit of, you know, improbability. Yeah. Improvisation so that, you know, oh, a ball's coming. I'll just twist my foot a little bit and dodge it while it looking like that was part of the dance. So and, it's and, all about yeah, improv, and, too. And you got you to gotta, you gotta have routines set up in such a way that, you know, you're able to bend down and pick up the ball. And you're able to get your arm in such a way that you can get a real good lollop. You know, you can throw the ball real nice. I, I figured this one out, too. You know um, how there are those Michael Jackson street performer people who have, like, themselves and then like sticks that tie their arms to like a bunch of dummies which music video oh, like spiders that? when they pretend to be spiders no when they when they pretend to be michael jackson and like his entire backup dancing crew was that in thriller you've got you've got one guy in the middle yeah. and attached to him with poles are like four other marionettes yes. on either side how can oh, you yes. okay, move in so, sync with him so get this so that but it's actual people so they all have to, when one person moves, they all have to move their arm. And play dodgeball this way? And play dodgeball this way. So, so when one person goes to throw, he can throw it really hard because it's the power of all the people on the team pushing forward. I suppose, yes. But also, when one person dodges, everyone, everyone dodges dodge the same way. This sounds pretty dangerous. There need to be a large amount of PPE, uh, personal protective equipment. What kind of gear would we outfit our players with to keep them safe? I don't think they would have uh, to wear Short anything. shorts. I think just short shorts. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no one will be able to concentrate. Know, no. yeah, or for the women, also sports bras. Yes. But, but a, a padded classic. flooring, of course. You know, in case... Maybe a helmet? Because you could fall on top of your knee. Like, everybody that's been on the trampoline has fallen in a way that their head has hit themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's been real embarrassing, but I man, it hurts. They're all connected like that. I think that it's important to note the amount of training that it takes in case there's a conflict to actually, you know, if you want to go that way, some guy wants to go in an opposite direction. Right. You know, you have to be able to rectify that situation. Otherwise, you're going to lose and it's going to look really, really bad when you do so. I mean, that's that's part of it, though, isn't it? That's what makes you a professional team. Yeah. Yeah, also that. Takes hours of training. Yeah, we get rid of those amateurs. There should also be, like, it, there should be a couple different levels, just like some of the Olympic sports. So there should be, like, a duet, like a, a two-person mm-hmm, team, mm-hmm. and then there should be, like, a, a five-man team. And then the big one, the one that everybody watches, is the 10-man team, because it's yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. And the people can be positioned differently. So you could have 10 people positioned in a star as long as every movement is equally, you know, replicated on others. Or you can have them positioned in a line for some crazy line dancing. Like, what about Cotton Eye Joe? But if everyone was literally the exact same movements, they would be so perfect. So where would they be tied together? Just like hands or... I was thinking thinking elbows and wrists and shoulders, hips, knees. The whole thing? I I feel like that... You gotta let the, you gotta let everybody have their own lower body. I think that that no, that would be that, acceptable. No. How, how are you gonna dance? I mean, I guess if all they do want to do is the macarena, then they can have their own lower body. But other than that, if they're gonna be in sync, they gotta be in sync for real. Uh, so, and I, I think I figured out our judges for this one as well. So first judge, you got Ben Stiller from the movie. Dodgeball. That's a given. He knows a lot about dodgeball. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to get all that down pat. I think he everybody was though. thinking that. But he, he's he's very good. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, and for our second judge, which is really two judges, Siamese twins. Oh, my God. 
but they have to be conjoined at the hip because that, well, that's, that's what, what they share. Twins means. Well, so, yes. Siamese, they could be shoulder Siamese twins. Isn't that a thing? Don't look at. I'm not the Siamese twin expert. Why you said elbows and wrists, right? And well, legs and hips and, legs. and knees. Elbows, wrists, mm. hips, knees, and I and probably shoulders because you could do some. Sh- you could. I think uh, the third judge would also be one of those Michael Jackson impersonators. Or we could just revive Michael Jackson. So I, only one of the Siamese twins gets a vote. One of the two twins gets one vote. Now, the, uh, who says we need three judges? It we would need be an odd four, number. You need an odd number of judges. Okay. Well, what if they disagree? Um, what if we make the Siamese twins vote count for one, so they have to agree amongst themselves before they can cast their vote? Racist because they're from. Syria. No, they're one Siamese twin is worth one vote, but it is a Siamese twin for one vote, <laughs> and the twin is inclusive of two. So they have to decide amongst themselves if their vote, what their vote is, and then submit that to the group. What if they agree differently? How do you break that? Well, then they, they work it out. They're twins. Like, they have to have conflicts all the time. They could figure it out. They're, they work together on They're things. They're used to figuring things out. Yeah. All right. Like, how does one person brush his teeth when he's left-handed and the other one's right-handed? Like, their elbow's got to hit. I can actually think of a possible award to give a specific team because there are just an array of awards despite, you know, just getting first, second, third place. One award I can think of because of how these uh, players are actually joined up would be the best formation award because if you can actually just form yourself in a line in a way that lifts everyone in the middle, like in an arch sort of, just thinking off the top of my head, you know, in order to get a better vantage point over the other team, you know, something like that. Just notice certain cre- creative points that the teams are actually going through, you know. That's a good point. Yeah, we could have Crazy Shapes. Although... The Crazy Shapes Award. Perfect name. Although the the one you came up with off the cuff wouldn't be great because how would the people in the middle get balls if they're up in the air? The people in the middle would dodge the balls that are being... Oh, they'd be the designated dodgers. Yeah. The, the people up top have the advantage of being on higher ground and can hit the other team better. Oh, so they balls. pass the balls up. Yeah. Although I think that formation would probably be a regular one to uh, use. How would you pass the balls up if you take your hands and you raise them above you to pass it to the next well, guy? Well, you would it's have easy. a free You line. only go one hand, so everybody does this thing where one hand goes up and the other hand goes down. So or you'd you, be good at this. You're smart. You, you pick up the ball and you toss it and then you, and then you go down and catch it. Also, you can pass between players, so the faster you can pass the ball along mm-hmm. the line makes it go to we the person We have time trials middle. for that. Yeah. This actually reminds me a lot of uh, uh, in Wii Sports when you got like tennis because you control both the front person and the back person. I could see that. So like they could do like so virtual training. Sort of, yeah. For like the team captain. It, yeah, except the whole element of I tried to move my arm to the left and he tried to move his arm to the right isn't really, you know, helpful. That doesn't really help with that. You'd probably have um, a device set up for priority, I guess, so that depending on who is moving, their movement trumps another person's movement. So would these be electronic exoskeletons that link them together? Definitely, yeah. Oh, I was thinking just like, yeah, I was thinking a wooden just rod like, or, or like yeah. a metal rod that just or was like tied leather, to my hand and his hand. Would get or like some way, sort of yeah, velcro or leather good. binding that, you know, joins it. Like I think I think we're talking about the force of the future. This would have to be an exoskeleton. Yeah, it, it, I mean, this is the future we're talking about. You got me on that. Or you, you could go all out and make an endoskeleton, put it put it all up inside them, and then, then they can never stop the sport. So a skeleton. So robots. Yeah, that one. Skeleton. Regular skeleton. 
they don't have any more skeletons. They just got this. Oh, what if what if each team designed their own exoskeleton in order to, you know, have an advantage over the other team in a certain way? The, the tech is part of the sport. And yeah, it was, it exactly. was covered in sponsorships. That's how they offset the vast uh, cost of entry. That way we can get our money. Each team I mean, would have a team of engineers. Yeah. Sort yeah. of. Could you imagine like a team where everybody, like their entire bone structure was just Doritos? How would they see that? They would be delicious. Yeah. How would you see the advertising? You're not sponsored by Doritos. <laughs>